You know, Paul, I feel like an exploitative mm. 1950s documentary could easily be made about us. Oh, for sure. Look at these two men. They're podcasters, whereas many men of their type would be out celebrating and dining with fine ladies. They are content to sit in and watch terrible movies in the vague hope of finding positive things to say about them. What's this one doing? He's reaching for his mobile phone to check if anybody online has commended him for this. They haven't. <laughs> there is the oblique hope that eventually somebody will care about their endeavor. Thankfully, no one ever will. <laughs> Just to be certain, never. See now as they continue to watch Hellboy. <laughs> then it cuts to the... The nightmare demon just beheading people and shredding their bodies down his enormous <laughs> god blade. And one of the pools writes it down. <laughs> <laughs> Public service announcements are very cool and surprising. <laughs> you never know what they're going to turn out to be. <laughs> Jenny's crossing the road. She hasn't looked both ways. And soon, boom, her career turns out to be very different from what she expected. <laughs> Don't be a muppet. Get on to job site. <laughs> and then it just cuts to Jennifer Connolly in Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> With the double-ended dildo. Yeah, exactly. This never would have <laughs> happened if I had checked on job site. <laughs> Here on job site, you'll never end up on the wrong end of a double-sided dildo. <laughs> do, do, do. Do you know what? The problem with a double-ended dildo is that there's just nothing but wrong sides. <laughs> <laughs> you always want to be on the pushing end, don't you? <laughs> A sweater and a skirt, or even the lounging outfit we already have on, will be the happiest individuals in the world. I'm Paul and Paula. I'm a hard-hearted podcastman. Well, it's one of those ones with a five in it, so it's down the history hole. Down the history hole. I love that. I love that hole. Oh, I love that hole. Um, speaking of that hole, today we are talking about legendarily bad directors. I didn't actually put his name. I just put legendary bad directors. <laughs> possessive apostrophe <laughs> today we're talking about legendary bad director ed wood's 1953 mm. film mm. glenn or glenda yeah oh uh, the film is a semi-autobiographical docudrama about cross-dressing and transsexuality is it yeah oh i miss that i miss that with all the gothic imagery <laughs> hang on a minute no no semi-autobiographical <laughs> oh right yes yes yeah absolutely he himself um uh, was a male-to-female cross-dresser. Ah. Yeah. Well, there you go. The Marina. Betrays the Marina. <laughs> Betrays the main character in this. Yes. I did know that. Glenda. Oh, and Glenn. Oh. What? <laughs> fuck, I get that it. That makes so much sense. <laughs> I get why everyone was so upset. <laughs> um, Writer-director Edward was a cross-dresser himself and hoped that the film would be a plea for tolerance. Mm. But the film was produced by a sleazy Hollywood producer. What is it when the two words are unnecessary because one implies the other? Redundant? Tautology? Yeah, tautology, that's it. Sleazy Hollywood producer is just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As opposed to one of the unsleazy ones. Yeah, George Weiss, uh, who wanted to make a film exploiting the public interest in the sex reassignment surgery of Christine Jorgensen. And so just said, do that as well and I'll let you make your movie. Okay. Uh, so, not that similar. In fact, I actually make a pretty big deal of making a distinction between the. Ah, da, 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 da. Just make yeah. a movie so I can make a really offensive poster for it. And trailer, though, right? You bet. Tra- <laughs> you bet. Oh, you know it. <laughs> you bet, sir. <laughs> you bet your bottom dollar. Now, for, um. Hey, I ain't a dame. You don't need to flirt with me. Oh. <laughs> That's how I flirt. Thus, the strange case of Glenn, who was Glenda, one and the same person, not half man, half woman. But nevertheless, man and woman in the same body. He learned that foreign doctors were doing marvelous work with a sex change. Man to woman, woman to man. What about their children, Doctor? Uh, Would their children uh, become the same way their father is? Do you realize what would happen if every man in the country that wanted to wear women's clothes or felt like a woman went to their doctors and wanted a sex change? Glenn and all the hundreds of thousands of other Glens across the nation face quite a problem. 
uh, for anyone anxious about how this 1950s B movie directed by famously terrible director Ed Wood and produced by an actual monster handled the delicate subjects of cross-dressing and trans- transgender people, let's just give you a quick spoiler alert. It's not as bad as you might think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> surprising. I mean, especially if you watch the trailer first and then you watch the movie. <laughs> if you read um, the horrible poster first and then watch the film, you might be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It, and by it, I mean Edward. He's definitely trying. Yeah. I mean, it's a plea for understanding, but also seriously dated. Does identify both transgender people and cross-dressing people as others who deserve understanding, but also pity and ultimately treatment to correct them. Um, yeah. And it's homophobic, but... In a way that's kind of ridiculous and laughable, so it, it makes it a bit easier to watch. The fact that yeah. homosexuals in this film are like creepy monsters who will come and steal your children. <laughs> who will fuck you regardless of who you are, what you're wearing, and how you smell. <laughs> but so, so don't worry, guys. Cross-dresses are completely different from that. <laughs> and, and above that, they are still men. Yes. Thanks, 50s. <laughs> Thanks, um, 50s. Um, But if any of that sounds too challenging, we shall see you next week. If not, then listen on as we make fun of this earnest but misguided attempt at understanding, but also (laughs) of getting rid of the gays and of weird people. Oh, my God. Look at them. Pokemon with a stick. Weird people in in general. (laughs) Yeah. Through the the lens of George Weiss. (laughs) The law. Ah. Le visage. (laughs) Le law. Le law. (laughs) Le law de George Weiss. Ah, ouais. The film was hardly received at all at the time of release, but has since garnered a cult following, as have all of Wood's films. But nevertheless, Mm. it has 35% on Rotten Tomatoes and 4.2 on IMDb. Oh. So, Paul, you less fortunate Glenn. (laughs) What's one thing about Glenn or Glenda (laughs) that made you beware? Take care, beware. Um, (laughs) Oh, oh, good God, Paul. The the inclusion of Bella Lugosi in this. Fuck me. Um, Just... He has the, the the face in this of a man cursed to fold in on himself forever. <laughs> Startling. Because they seem new. Sudden. But most are not new to the signs of the ages. It's, it's through the eyes of this uh, demented once Dracula that that we have what is presented as a very straightforward story of mm. of a cross dressing guy who is trying to get other people to come to terms with it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> beware! Pull the strings, <laughs> string. Yeah, it's um, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's everything, Paul. It really is. Let's um, let's let's just get uh, get all up in it and inside of it. Let's just crawl into knows the our way whole into it. subject because. Yeah. After being assured that this was a, ma- a movie that was made under the personal supervision of George Weiss, um, we get a bit of a crawl, which mm. assures us that it's all real stuff, that, you know, it's understanding as it is now, and that you are mm. society. Judge ye not. Which is good. Is that yeah. a line from something? Um, yeah, it's from Glenn or Glenda by <laughs> Ed Wood and George Weiss. Glenda so- 316. <laughs> so... It's it's a it's a plea for understanding. Anyway, cut to fucking Dracula in a creepy science lab, complete with skeletons and lightning. Understand this. <laughs> Come it's on. a crazy business we're getting into. <laughs> Look, we all want understanding, but you have to start naturally where it all begins with Doctor <laughs> Dracula, who's in a lab making smoke in a test tube, and then he tells us that he has created life. Then he fades in and out of some stock footage before mm. declaring once again that life has begun but also that it has ended. People. All going somewhere. All with their own thoughts, their own ideas. All with their own personalities. Pull the string. Now, isn't he credited as psychiatrist? (laughs) No, I I don't think... Is he? Because then there's two psychiatrists. I love the idea that this is what a psychiatrist does, though. Uh, <laughs> well, <those> test tubes. <laughs> Dr. Jacobs will see you now. <laughs> <laughs> now, about your mother. <laughs> oh, ignore all this shit. He tips all the test tubes and smoke into a box. <laughs> Kicking it all into one box, then slides into the drawer. <laughs> 
Sorry about that. No, oh yeah, no, Bella Lugosi is just scientist. I apologize. Yeah. No, that's Doing what because... scientists do. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we do need a psychiatrist because we have a policeman. There's a there's been a suicide. There's been a suicide of um Patrick's and Patricia uh, is the individual's mm. name names. And um yeah, he's killed him. He and she has killed themselves uh due to societal norms. Yeah. Yeah. Directly because of society, directly stabbed, literally murdered by with society. the sword of societal norms. <laughs> Wait, if this were a political cartoon, yielded by Piers Morgan, and um, <laughs> the policeman goes to see a doctor, uh, and he says some things that could vaguely be described as a conversation. He, sa- <laughs> he says words out loud. As in most jobs, there's always somebody who doesn't want that job to be done. In most factories today, the employer has put up suggestion boxes. Even the employer needs advice once in a while. Maybe it shouldn't have happened as it did. But it did. Perhaps the next time we can prevent it. The two men have sat down. They're, they <laughs> occasionally look at each other. They're both smoking. <laughs> oh, well, that's how you know. They've both got massive cigars. Therefore, this is a conversation that's happening. There's a brandy, and neither <laughs> of them are crying or punching each other. They're, therefore... <laughs> only thing that's left is a conversation i just think that harry should take responsibility for his legacy <laughs> damn hashtag no megan markle um just trying so, to remember things that Piers morgan's gotten annoyed about and uh, <laughs> i love the idea of hashtag no megan markle just no <laughs> no just want it no get and the royal family's full so some incredibly dodgy audio editing later uh, they agreed just about to discuss cross-dressing um, and um, also factories, I think. Um, it gets mentioned. I don't remember that bit. Yeah. yeah. I could be forgiven for forgetting that bit. <laughs> it was one of the many crazy fucking bits in this film. So the detective promises to understand as fully as a man smoking a massive cigar possibly can understand anything. And, um, <laughs> Very well. 100% so, comprehension. So we've got the doctor telling us the story of Dracula telling us the story of Glenn. <laughs> Based on the editing. <laughs> Do you have to add this bit? Have you never heard of such a thing called showmanship? <laughs> the doctor in his chair. I understand. I've seen <laughs> the doctor asking this at the psychiatrist. So then Dracula says, look, can we <laughs> try and focus in? I, I want to hear more about men who wear women's clothing. The... Oh, well, fine. I love the idea that it would cut back to him explaining all the really abstract interpretive <laughs> dance <laughs> moments of this movie. Can we get back to and... the point, doctor? And then Lenin appears, Sorry. probably, or it could be Satan. I'm not sure. <laughs> Both. What's the difference? Am I right? Hey. Brexit day. We're <laughs> finally beaten commie Corbin. Let's stay out of the EU. Everybody. 30 minutes to go. <laughs> um. Oh, God, it's my last 30 minutes as a European. We see Glenn on the Spend street. Spend it wisely. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. I'm talking about a pretentious art film. So <laughs> we see Glenn on the street, but also back in his house mm. and also on the same bit of street. And yeah. he is a he is a man who enjoys wearing women's clothing, and he's terrified of telling his fiance because of yeah. those societal norms Barbara. aforementioned. Yeah, I don't know if you've met societal norm, but he's a right prick. <laughs> he's awful. Nobody likes him <laughs> in spite of his name. But, I mean, we all we all, we all want to meet him, but the problem is, it's a case of he he meets you <laughs> when you least just when you let your guard down, you put your nose on a tube. Hey, <laughs> oh societal norm. Societal, societal. He always has that song as he goes around, sung by his chorus of singing cats. So <laughs> the narrator implies that these men may be cross-dressing simply because 50s men's clothes are just so awful. Look at this man trying to relax. He's wearing a suit of armour. <laughs> to keep the gaze out. Can't let them in at home. This man is dressed as a woman because he hasn't got his gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only difference in the outfit is the gun's not there. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Oh, <laughs> societal norm yeah we get about a minute of a guy trying to relax in a suit that's too small for him and the narrator over the top the doctor yeah um going wouldn't it be better if we all just wore a blouse i mean it actually um, would it actually it actually would it looks very 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 comfortable it does it, it, that reminded me at the time of um an article i read about somebody who'd taken in some asylum seekers from syria mm. and uh, they they the strangest thing when they were asked about living with a westerner was they don't have any comfortable inside clothes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. true. I mean, I do wear the stuff I wear to the office at home, which is a suit of armour because I do work in a medieval <laughs> land. I am a 1950s professional. <laughs> so there's some 
baffling talk about hair and hats. Men's hats are so tight they cut off the blood flow to the head, thus cutting off the growth of hair. Seven out of ten men wear a hat, so the advertisements say. Seven out of ten men are bald. Oh, um, yeah, I did wonder if that was true. The, me too. Uh, uh, it's... It's, I know it's definitely old wives' tale, because I've had friends who have, who have gone bald and wore hats a lot, and uh, that's their excuse. Um, <laughs> My hat, hat did it. You know, hat all along. <laughs> Women's women's hats are much nicer. They let the blood flow, therefore they have luxurious hair. Yeah, and um, yeah, this this is confirmed. You don't wear hats, Paul. I'm looking at um a a rolling a rolling <laughs> tuftual halcyon sequence. Yep, it, it's it's gathered around the nape of my neck, and also the small <laughs> of my back, and uh, it tumbles and down and crack, crack long hair. It's the only way to live. <laughs> Maybe he's born with it. <laughs> Maybe it's a good fitting hat. So, <laughs> then we cut to some awkwardly dancing tribal men. Just for comparison, let's go native. Back to the animal instinct. There, in the lesser civilized part of the world, it's the who adorns himself with a fancy object, such as paints, frills, and masks. It must just be Dave from, off- from the off-license. <laughs> because that tribal dance is fucking legendary. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that tribal dancing had the equivalent of dad dances. <laughs> hey, oh, uh, hey, oh, uh, dad. <laughs> Someone who'd who'd vaguely heard of the macarena in the in the <laughs> stories, but had never given it a go or Shit. seen it or learned it. Maybe this was the prototype. Maybe this was the <laughs> the dance that would one day evolve into and become universally oh, acknowledged as the macarena. Well, anyway, that scene ends with him slinging a woman over his shoulder and carrying her off for her <laughs> unflowering. And she's fine with it, and everyone's fine with it. <laughs> well, at least the narrator did go to the effort of telling us that these were primitive lands. <laughs> Madeline Kahn yeah. loves it. Can't, have en- can't get enough. Yeah, oh God. Yeah, I, I did want to give the narrator the benefit of the doubt and say that they were using it ironically in a kind of, this is what uneducated people would call them, but I'm pretty, as the film went on, I did yeah. change that. Under- Probably just the way it is. He does have some wonderful lines, though, such as, telling us the story about a little boy who dressed up as a girl for Halloween. Then one day it wasn't Halloween any longer. The, the next day <laughs> it was that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, fuck. We... Just, it's the Twilight Zone, all right? Now, at this stage, it gets tricky because I'm sure that what happens now is that we see the wife walking in on Glenn in her clothing and is shocked and so transforms into a water cooler where she discusses it with a lady. Sister. That was his sister. That was his, that was his sister. She yeah. discusses it with his sister. Right, so it's weird because later on in the confession scene, it kind of feels inexplicable, but she did once walk in on him in those clo- in that clothing. Because the sister then says, maybe you should take the problem to a doctor. It's Glenn who should see the doctor. I mean, well, that's definitely what I meant. Yeah. I didn't mean take the problem. What? You should see a doctor, you fucking sicko. I mean, that's very progressive of you, but I really think that Glenn is the one who, who needs the, the help here. Um, what? Get away from... Who are you? Are you Glenn's sister? I think so. Um, yeah, it's, it, that's definitely Glenn's sister because talks, she talks about... How, is he, how am I going to bring home hot studs to fuck if my weird brother's there? That's and, right. Uh, yeah, so wait, and... is it the sister who bumps into him? Who, no. Or... Well, later and takes him to the doctor. Oh no, oh, my no, brain! No, no, no. The, the sister walks in on Glenn or Glenda. Oh, okay. And, and then they're discussing around the water cooler, and then right. she is never mentioned again, Paul. Okay, She's good. Just out of the film. That's good. I, I like that. I, I feel better now. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like. And then we have a thing about how doesn't isn't that the sister the bit where she's complaining about um the fact that he keeps borrowing her clothes because I feel like those are two yes. very different problems. My brother is dressing in women's clothes. Not a problem at all, but. My, my my brother is dressing in my clothes. I mean, only yeah. the second one's the issue there. Just get your own shit. That's not on. <laughs> yeah. Sister or brother, touch <laughs> my chamois dress once more and I will gut you. <laughs> you fool. Not because of societal norms. He's outside. But because... Yeah, because you're a prick. Because you're a prick. I like this dress. <laughs> <laughs> you got a big old butt in there. <laughs> Look at you squeezing your butt in there. <laughs> Look at the button print on my dress. Oh, no, wait. That, that was me. We get a message about the hundreds Christ. of thousands of other Glens out there. I like the idea yeah. it's only Glens. <laughs> Everyone named Glen, but only them. Something about that name. I call him <laughs> Glen. The, the dad goes. <laughs> he drinks his iron brew. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Glen does decide to tell her the truth. That his fiance. Yeah. 
after a very long amount of narration about the uh, all the societal norms that we should be questioning. He dares to enter the street dressed in the clothes he so much desires to wear, but only if he really appears female. The long hair, the makeup, the clothing, the actual contours of a girl. Most transvestites do not want to change their life, their bodies. Many of them simply want to change the clothing they wear to that as worn by the opposite sex. Yeah, he decides he's going to tell her, and she asks him, look, are you seeing another woman? And then, stampeding buffalo, Dracula, a mistake has been made! The hell's <laughs> open! Anyway, he goes shopping for a nightie. Is it another woman? And yeah. uh, we find out about the homosexual. Oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> oh, God. That was very much my feeling of, ah, here we are. Yeah. But Glenn and Glenda and all the Glens and Glendas have an even bigger problem. The homosexual, it is true, at times does adopt the clothing or the makeup of a woman to lure members of his own sex. But this is not so for the transvestite. The transvestite is not interested in those of their own sex. The clothing is not worn to attract the attention of their own sex, but to eliminate themselves from being a member of that sex. <laughs> I was waiting. Just, so so you see that a transvestite in the film, is what they say, yeah. is, is of course a, a perfectly normal man, and he is definitely not like a, homo- a homosexual. The homosexual are predatory in nature and will try and stalk and seduce their prey using cigarette tricks. Whereas the transsexual depends on the very opposite. They do not want the attention of other men. And in fact, they wear these clothes to escape their own gender, not to attract it. Or something like that. Yeah. It's somewhat eloquently phrased. Um, It's eloquently phrased nonsense, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh yeah, I can see how you got there, I guess. Now this is where things get interesting. Hmm. The narrator talks directly to Glenn and warns him of the big green dragon that sits on his doorstep. Beware. Beware. Beware of the big green dragon that sits on your doorstep. He eats little boys. Bobby duck tails and big fat snails. Beware. Take care. And we can all relate Especially to that. Especially told to us by Ben and um, And yeah, then just, madness. Sheer fucking it's, madness. It's, it, what I could only see as the, I don't know how to end this phase of the movie. <laughs> yeah, he can't, he, he has a dream where he can't rescue his fiance as Glenda and mm. has to become Glenn to do it. Then he gets married in front of Satan slash Lennon. <laughs> then the ghost, he starts yelling, pull the strings. He watches mm. some bizarre sex involving leather belts. Yeah. And strip teases and a rape. Then Glenn gets judged by society and then taken away by the devil yeah. but becomes Glenda and is able to chase everyone off. Then the devil, then the fiancé, then crazy furniture, then hands, then laughing, then devil, then dragon, then Dracula. Then he decides to tell her the truth. And she's all right with it. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> I don't like it, but maybe. Hooray! Um, and so it, they they then go to the the doctor and we're sort of we're, we're bookending this now we're but we're we're back in well we've got a framing story haven't we you know the, the policeman goes so doctor all of that story is very interesting tell tell me more um slightly out of sequence I will <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that the uh, is that the end of Glenn's story no but I'll tell you that later first I want to tell you about a more oh, complex Christ. case <laughs> later first <laughs> I want to say a few words about hermaphrodite and pseudo hermaphrodite. But I'll explain what that means later. <laughs> First, let's second, with the third thing, the complex case I mentioned <laughs> second. I have gone through the fucking Stargate. <laughs> I should see time. <laughs> what is Your the... pixels. <laughs> so, uh, he also um, just mentions casually, so cross-dressing can be cured. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And oh, should be. Oh, yeah, sure, because y- <laughs> usually, we all know we'd want to stamp it out usually, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously. Okay, cool. As long as we agree on that. Yeah. It's a good thing that... Uh, it def- it's definitely a choice. Good thing that George Weiss came to speak to us both. <laughs> uh, uh, you can see him in the background of Scream. Oh, he's a lizard! <laughs> oh, explains everything. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so I'll explain that in 50 years' time. <laughs> so, um, 
You're saying that the women's clothes become a love object, and that substitutes for love that they didn't receive in their childhood. Did I say that? I am high as fuck right now, I couldn't tell you. Did you hear the 12 minutes I spent describing gyrating women and the devil? God bless you for sticking around, mate. I don't know what the fuck's going on. (laughs) Did you not see me transform this into a physical interpretive (laughs) anecdote for you? That I acted out. didn't see that. I got the symbols out. The the, the symbols with a C and an S. I keep impersonating Bella Lugosi yelling, pull the strings. (laughs) Fucking amazing impression. Do you know how hard I worked on that? (laughs) And you're just sitting there with your little notepad writing it all down like this will be useful for police work. God, no wonder you're chief of police, mate. It's Alan. Alan and um, what, what what's Alan's um, Anne? Anne, that's her true identity. That's yeah. Anne. Anne's story, yeah. essentially, uh, being born as Alan, whose mother wanted a girl, and whose father didn't care either way, which um, yeah, is said twice and is amazing. Don't you wish Alan yeah. were a girl, dear? I'm reading the paper, darling. <laughs> <laughs> turns turns out this Hoover's coming in with a new deal. It's Wilson, wasn't it? It's Woodrow Wilson, not Hoover. Oh fuck. All right, so unplug it. Unplug it. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, <laughs> mate. I meant, did you hear? Ma- I meant Wilson. Did <laughs> Will? Oh. Wilson, Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! So yeah, they um then war saga. There's a, <laughs> there's a second world war to think about now because <laughs> Alan Alan Oran is in the war. Yeah. And uh, we get about five straight minutes of footage from the war of explosions and just doesn't, it's just not needed. Uh, the film is it. already feeling like a two hour Terrence Malick epic <laughs> at this stage. Well, um, the doctor goes over to a diagram at this stage to explain what a hermaphrodite and pseudo hermaphrodite is without yeah. referring to the diagram he went over to. <laughs> it's different, completely unrelated. <laughs> I just wanted to stand over here for a bit. I'll <laughs> come back my legs. Now. I've been sitting down for 70 minutes. <laughs> so... Alan then comes to see Dracula, mm. who magics him into being a woman. Um, I'm yeah. told how the actual actual procedure goes down: is you do have to you just you go into a room, Dracula's there, and um, the rest is <laughs> the rest is history. Say no more about it. Um, anyway, he through this incredibly progressive story, this beautiful tale of becoming, as Anne is able to become, you know, the the person that she always felt she was. Um, our compassionate narrator describes her as like a Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> but in time, Alan is Anne, a very happy, lovely young lady that modern medicine and science has created almost as a Frankenstein monster. Great. Yeah. Very, very oh. compassionate. Everyone. Oh, I mean, in a good way. In a good way. If you've read the book, he's practically the good guy. I mean, sure, he's, she killed he's... a few people, but you know. Who's to blame? Societal norm. <laughs> that fucking tinker. So... <laughs> Anne must now have to be... I mean, there's good news and bad news here. Anne is now a woman, mm. which is who she always felt she was, and now she finally gets to be, you know, she gets mm. her physical... Her presentation can now finally match how, who she, how she feels on the inside. But now she has to um, learn how to be a f- woman in the 50s. Alan, at all his life, acted the part of the woman. Now he is that woman and must learn how it's done. Anne must learn how to do her own hair how to make the correct styling for her facial contours. The proper walk must be adopted. A lady is a lady, whatever the case may be. Continuing my own psychiatric treatment, it was my duty now to explain to Anne the duty of a woman in her sex life. Congratulations on the surgery. Here are some dishes. Yeah. And uh, a pamphlet on how to be, how to have sex with a man. Sounds like a frightful <laughs> business to me, but uh, at least you're free of the homosexual now. He has no interest in you whatsoever. <laughs> but you do have to sleep with men. That's your lot in life as a woman. <laughs> but I'm not... Uh, wish anyone knew about this at all. <laughs> I wish anyone knew about gender and sexuality and the careful dis- and the f- clear distinction between them. Nope, you're a woman. Here's a cardigan. So- this, is the, this is the sci-fi element of the movie where this, <laughs> this person has undergone an operation to become a second-class citizen. <laughs> I just want to give it a That's try. dystopian. It's like the prince and the pauper, but it's a man <laughs> and a woman. <laughs> definitely, definitely that. Or the Eddie so, Murphy film, which was a sort of imitation of that. What's the name of that, Paul? Let's stop this movie. To, let's stop this talk to think about the Eddie Murphy movie. What, there was an Eddie Murphy? Mo- oh, wait, you mean Trading Places? Probably that one. I mean, that. yeah, I think that's it. Oh. Sliding Doors? Yeah. Need to say more? Need I? Probably. But I won't. <laughs> Fucking So, that's idiot. Anne's story. Um, now back to yeah. Glenn, who has just been told Anne's story. Fuck me. 
Yeah. It turns out that Glenn's father wanted him to be a football hero. (laughs) His father wanted Glenn to be a football hero. No pressure. So he created... I mean, are you going to be the first ever football hero? (laughs) Not a football star. You're going to be the first one who actually manages to save a life on that field. (laughs) 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 The pressure of this is obviously too much for Glenn. He managed to avert World War Three on the football field. <laughs> With his touchdown dance. <laughs> I mean, the, the ref said no showboating, but uh, not anyone's going <laughs> to argue with that. Football judge? I'll allow it. <laughs> so after that football judge, I want to be a football fireman. <laughs> so he created a persona so that he wouldn't have to put up with this shit. You know, oh, if only yeah. I got to be a woman, I wouldn't have to be a football hero. Because women can't be football heroes. They can be football wives. Or football um, maids. So you see, there's a very reasonable explanation for why Glenn did this, and and uh, and uh, and what about the the Bates Motel? And that's nothing to do do with this. It's got a very Alfred Hitchcock like psycho style like exposition bit. Yes, it's very unsatisfying. <laughs> it's very. So you see, there's a very specific reason for this for this cross dressing. As you'd expect, the ever so slight um, counter normal um, societal norms. The ever so slight um, <laughs> counter normal behavior you're displaying is obviously the result of incredible trauma in your youth. Yeah. So. Trauma. We can all. Trauma. Anyway, now he has a wife. So he can treat her like a non football hero, mother and sister. So. Yeah. Now that he's married to his mum, he's finally a completely healthy 1950s man. Uh, snips, tails, yeah. and puppy dog tails, the end. Yeah. Oh, snips and snails and puppy dog tails. So to be honest, I actually took this movie off of our list once, simply because I read the poster for the film, which reads, I changed my sex. What am I? Male or female? The strange case of a quotation marks man who changed his sex. That poster is so grossly transphobic that I wanted to take a shower after I read it. Yeah. So I wanted out. So I took it off the list and eventually I only added it back on since I decided that even if this is a retrograde piece of shit, we can make fun of it, you know, in an amusing way. Because it was bound mm. to be more interesting than Vaxxed, at the very least. Yeah. It was unlikely to just be an hour of people describing how horrible their marriages and lives are now because one mm. of them cross-dresses. So, and I, and I also just wanted to see an Edward movie. I saw Plan 9 when I was like a kid, and I don't remember it very well. I've never never seen an Edward, and I had no idea that this was Edward, so I was uh, very excited yeah. when I realised. And uh, yeah, then <laughs> then we put the film on, and it started. I don't, I don't know about mm. for you, but for us, it started with the trailer, and um, it is. We didn't get. Uh, uh, we, well, me, I didn't get. It. <laughs> well, it's 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 very good. <laughs> me Paul. and little Paul didn't get it's, it. Um, oh right. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> everything that George Vice wanted the movie to be. Basically, it's um, how could a man yeah. do this to himself? Foreign doctors are doing marvelous work with a sex change. Why is the modern world shocked by this headline? And then, and then, it's dazzling. It's stupefying. It's true. You know, look at the freaks and uh, yeah. that. Like the first three, I yeah. thought that was just going to be the movie, and I, 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 I laughed throughout in shock. It was shocked, mm. silent laughter. I couldn't com- yeah. comprehend the level of the level <laughs> of nineteen fifties that I was getting. Yeah, a brain full the sheer of. overwhelming um, stiffness of it, like a blast of coffee and bacon. <laughs> it just wafted through you. Through but, my arteries. I mean, that poster that put me off is definitely invention of an invention of asshole producer George Vice. Yeah. And not the strange asshole director, Ed Wood, um, who has made a film that is much more subtly problematic than the poster, yeah. uh, for the most part. <laughs> I, I... I mean, politically, the film is kind of surprising. It makes... A good argument against the fuckers who talk about nature, you know, yeah. and actually quite eloquent argument yeah. about, you know, we didn't have wheels, but yeah. we still drive around. If God wanted us to fly. I, I really appreciate the <laughs> shitty, ignorant voice that they got somebody to do for that. <laughs> Airplanes. <laughs> Why, it's against the creator's will. If the creator wanted us to fly, he'd have given us wings. He'd have given us wings. And then they repeat that about a minute later, just in case, in case you've forgotten that they were fuckwits. <laughs> with pictures this time to show the fuckwittery. We were not born with wings. We were not born with wheels. But in the modern world of the day, it's an accepted fact that we must have them. So we have corrected that which nature has not given us. 
Strangely enough, nature has given us all these things. We just had to learn how to put nature's elements together for our use, that's all. Yet, the world is shocked by a sex change. If the creator had wanted us to fly... But it is well-reasoned. It feels like an essay that Ed Wood wrote and then thought, oh, I I make movies, I better put a movie over this. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like an essay he wrote and then it was like, okay, let's add a a narrative. Let's add a Bella Lugosi. Oh shit, the movie's still only... Well, exactly, the movie's still only 20 minutes long. (laughs) So, okay. Let's add Bella Lugosi, who we can get access to. Let's add a a psychedelic nightmare dream sequence. Some of this was George Weiss hoping to... You know, make an exploitation movie as he mm. did. So you had bizarre sexual scenes um, added in, and also George Weiss wanted. You know, he kind of okayed this movie about you know accepting crossdressers at the expense of um, homosexuals. Great, mm. but that was the movie that he wanted to make. And then George Weiss was like, "Okay, I'll let you make that movie, but everybody's talking about this." Um, sex change operation so stick that in as well mm. and that's where alan or um Anne comes from right okay at the uh in the in the <clears throat> tail end of the film interrupting the action yeah delaying the climax to the film so yeah it's an odd case of early studio mandates and uh yeah kind of exploitative stuff being shoved into a movie that is ostensibly about tolerance yeah. And does pretty well by the standards of the time, I, I, think I think. it falls into the trap that a lot of people fall into nowadays as well, which is just a very in- ineptly human thing. And, you know, it just makes you very disappointed to be human sometimes of, hey, I'm very <laughs> right on about this one particular cause, but as long as no blacks are a part of it, right? It's, um, yeah. it's, it's very... It's the, the, the benefit of having many, many voices in writing and cinema and art is, is that yeah. everyone gets to tell their own story because... If it was just, you know, if it's just Edward doing his little his story about um, uh, cross-dressing, it's, yeah. uh, it, it offers a fairly, very progressive in that sense, but pretty narrow for just about everything else. Because the, the, main, the, main, yeah. the main message <laughs> is, hey, it's completely normal for a man to wear women's clothing because he's still a man. He's still pump, pumped full of yeah. testosterone and he's not gay, essentially. Oh, phew. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it makes some interesting distinctions. You know, it uses the word transvestite throughout, yeah. uh, which has since subsequently become a very dated and seldom used yeah. word by, you know, that community. But it contains a very nice little critique of that word in the film mm. that kind of preempts its eventual replacement. Let's get our story straight. You're referring to the suicide of the transvestite? If that's the word you men of medical science use for a man who wears woman's clothing, yes. Yes, in cold, technical language, that's the word. As unfriendly and as vicious as it may sound. However, in actuality, it's not an unfriendly word, nor is it vicious when you know the people to whom it pertains. And it talks about the distinction between cross-dressing and being a transsexual person, and dispels some misconceptions that are still prevalent today, especially along the whole sexuality, gender, Mm. you know, thing. That, you know, the assumption is, oh, you're transsexual or a cross-dresser, therefore you must be gay. You know, it's... um, it, it, it portrays homosexual as predatory stalkers who ruin the reputation of God-fearing transsexuals, which is interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting to take one aspect of, like, you know, progressive society and just plop it into the 50s. Yeah. It's, uh... So, you've decided to marry a man. <laughs> Congratulations. You've now, you've said boo sucks to the naysayers and decided to embrace a lifestyle and a man that suits you. But now you're two men living together. Who's going to do the washing up and clean up all of the dishes and do the cooking? Have you considered hiring a woman who's too homely or ugly to have her own family? Many homely women are now renting themselves out to gays. <laughs> yeah, it's it never quite, it's never going to quite go in the entirely right direction that you want it to. <laughs> no, there's there's, a, there's always going to be something. We're very prejudiced people, people. Um, but oh, it is, God. but for its views on cross-dressing and transgenderism it's it's pretty it's refreshingly right on i from the trailer from the poster from the very fact that it was made in the 50s i was not expecting there to be a single voice of reason in there yeah Um, and the fact that the main character is the voice of reason Mm. was it it was pretty it was touching i thought there are yeah it's i mean first it does fall into the trap that even movies made today fall into which is yes we can tell these people stories but they have to have a sad ending because obviously yeah because they've chosen a dangerous lifestyle 
And also, you know, or they must have experienced some sort of terrible thing in their childhood. That's the only reason why things mm. like these things happen. Nobody has a normal childhood and decides to dress up as a woman. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, that's a little depressing. And there are little bits in there about sort of seeking treatment and sort of fixing the problem. You know, at the end of the movie, yeah. it's very much a case of Glenn no longer felt inclined to dress as Glenda because he had a lovely wife. <laughs> yeah, he's getting <laughs> laid. <laughs> it's still well ahead of where I thought it would be. Yeah, and I, and I, and I think... You've got to give it A for effort. I think Not so. George Weiss, maybe. But uh, <laughs> I think Ed, mm. Edward himself deserves some recognition for that. If the film around it is um, very poorly made and not really a film, it's just a public service announcement. Yes. So let's get on to that. We've, we've handled the politics of the film, which are nuanced and, and interesting um, and very mm. representative of their time. Now let's talk about how bad slash weird this is. Because holy yeah. shit, some of this is fucking weird. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. So I, I knew of some of George Wood. Uh, George Wood? Yep. Um, they've amalgamated into a single entity. Um, Finally, a long last. <laughs> um, cheap sets. The whole thing was very cheap. Um, oh, yeah. Very small, mostly shot in a living room. Um, not very dynamic. Not very dynamic. Um, the use of be- the uh, gratuitous use of Bela Lugosi, obviously. Mm. Um, what, else, what else is a trademark of his? The stock footage. Holy shit, just... What can we use? Shots of the street. Shots of a steel-working mine. Shots of war. Yeah. <laughs> Just pack it all in. We'll use that instead did, of shooting anything. I did zone out for the steel-working bit, and I thought, is this an allusion to manliness? Or is <laughs> what? I don't. Is there a point to this? And then I just had to, much like <laughs> David Lynch, Paul, I had to sit back and say, maybe it doesn't have to make sense. I, mean, I do have to say, there's a trivia point on the ever-reliable IMDb trivia page. Oh, Who good. needs citation? Not me. That says that the movie was very influential on David Lynch and that he used the wind sound effect in his movie Eraserhead. Now, that much at least does seem true because that wind sound effect does sound like Eraserhead. Um, But I found no Hmm. verifiable source to suggest that, well, any connection between Lynch and uh, Glenn or Glenda. But, I mean, maybe there are bits of Eraserhead that do kind of look like this movie. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean... I I mean they 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 make equal amounts of no sense at times. <laughs> I guess it's just the Equally intent. Compelling. Did Edward meditate for seventeen hours on end <laughs> with a lizard in his mouth? Did he eviscerate a lamb carcass in order to make up some of the costumes and such? <laughs> Hard to say. If not, then he should have done. The, <laughs> the problem with Glenn is that he liked to live inside animals. <laughs> it's this giant mutant baby of his. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Being a crossdresser is so disturbing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a harrowing um, experience. I'm societal norms. This, this, I mean, this didn't feel its length. It felt like, yeah, Titanic. It, yes, it felt like I'd <laughs> strapped in for a movie that was never going to end. Yeah, and and it was seventy minutes long, Paul. It, <sighs> it, it, it felt like it felt like I'd crossed generations whilst watching this. I felt <laughs> older. Some of it is how repetitive it is. It's very repetitive. Yes. Just the same few scenes over and over again. Sometimes the same footage over and over again. Long sequences of just sheer bafflement where you can't really hold on to anything. It's um, The absurdist yeah. scenes were indeterminable. You can't... You just <laughs> couldn't... It was like being in, inside um, the fourth dimension in Interstellar. <laughs> that was just imme- immeasurable. Yeah. I, I would say it was fascinating. It was very interesting. And I'd love to watch more Edward. Uh, when we get further yeah. down the line, but um, can't wait. Yeah, this was an interesting place to start. I kind of enjoyed it, but like you say, I was quite bored. Quite often, yes. There were some yeah. long old dull sections in this. Yeah, it's pretty boring and <laughs> uh, pretty inept. And the a lot of the inept stuff wasn't laugh out loud funny. No, there's it's um, a manos either by any stretch of the imagination. No. The acting is pretty hokey throughout. Um, occasionally there's a funny line, but for the most part, it's, um, yeah, just kind of awkward acting. Yeah. Lots of really disconcerting, distracting scenes of people, people who are supposed to be manifestations of something and they're doing a dance yeah. or taunting Glenn or Glenda. Yeah. Um, you can see them looking over to one side as if Edward's shouting at them to say, no, do, do this instead. And they're <laughs> sort of doing a half-hearted dance and then occasionally just their eyes you know, um, Thornton Reed their way over to the <laughs> the side of the frame. 
and yeah. it's just it's, it's loads of stuff like that the the artifice of cinema is <laughs> is um it's like vaseline on the screen <laughs> So it's a very interesting watch. I can see why it became a cult film. I don't think it's going to break into our top 10 because it just not by a long shot. No, it wasn't entertaining enough, but it was fascinating on every level, I think. And uh, I guess let's get into some of the things that really stood out to us. Let's, uh, yeah, let's quickfire. Quickfire. I'll I'll start with just some of the Lynchian imagery, which, you know, I guess you'd call it Woodian imagery was very interesting. We would now. (laughs) You would, would. Um, one of them yeah. was a, the dress that, he, that so haunts him just stood upright and rigid in his tiny room. Dr. Alton, he had sad eyes. Aww. He was, ah, oh, he made him lot... slightly charming for me. I Aww. wrote charming motherfucker, but I don't think that's apt. <laughs> He's a charming... I liked his sad eyes. Charming sad fucker. Um, speaking of sad people, sad motherfuckers. I really like the fact that the movie starts with them finding the body of a crossdresser, you know, a, a... Who is it? Patrick Patricia, who um mm. has first of all written a pretty sad note that culminates in the line, bury me in the things that I couldn't wear in real life. Yeah. Which is very sad. But also, this is the stakes here. You know, he's going to now try and understand, and he talks about prevention. And the stakes of us not understanding is, you know, there's bodies out there. There definitely are, as a result of society's intolerance mm. of trans people and cross-dressers. So, yeah. yeah, it was nice to start with the stakes, what's actually at cost here. Yeah. Yeah. Surprised George Vice let that through. <laughs> he tried to he tried to put a dancing naked girl in it. But, um... <laughs> and if you look very closely, you can actually see one. <laughs> it's gently gyrating in the corner. In every scene. But Edward quickly ran in and put a mustache on her, so you'd think she was just another policeman. <laughs> <laughs> Fools. <laughs> um, It'll work when... great. <laughs> uh, what do you think, George? Says Edward. <laughs> mm. Or titties. <laughs> uh... Or titties. I like the way you almost said that as a single word. Sorry, just motitis. <laughs> motitis. <laughs> um, yes, Mr. Vice. <laughs> and then I'm going to run away. I'm going to call myself George. And I'm going to tell a story about a war in the stars. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I like the idea he didn't change the George bit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my name's George. <laughs> oh, shit. George? No. <laughs> I forgot to say that. Yeah, I, you look like no. Pretend I changed my name. Uh, <laughs> you really look like kill him. <laughs> um, of all of all the characters we've got, the the um, got. ruthless dictator George Lucas is one of my favorites. <laughs> Along with just dickhead asshole Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine a world where I'm not being persecuted by fascist dictator George Lucas. <laughs> I think it wouldn't go something like this because I am in his sex prison. <laughs> For being too bloody good at film noise. When Police McSargentman and the Dr. Sadeyes are <laughs> having a conversation. Character names. Um, the policeman asked the doctor a question of some sort. You know what they're like. Um, ends with a question mark. Mm. And he said, I heard you were a hard-hearted policeman. And the policeman in a very grandfatherly way goes, <laughs> isn't that what's thought of most policemen? <laughs> that is just, quite good. Yeah. And and it was, I don't know quite how to explain it or justify it in this film, but it was just a nice moment yeah. of, uh, I suppose you could call it a moment that a character had. A character moment. A human moment, to come back to our favourite phrase of the first 20 episodes. Human. Yeah. <laughs> Before my uh, film lexicon expanded to three words. <laughs> I learned a third word. Um, <laughs> oh, the guy who's afraid of automobiles is great. Just this... Country bumpkin looking guy leaning on his pitchfork looking just terrified of the modern world. Um, and his voice, it, yeah, it was very entertaining. Automobiles? Bah. They scare the hosses. If the creator had meant for us to roll around the countryside, we'd have been born with wheels. Silly? Certainly. I hate how change happens by default. <laughs> Automobiles? <laughs> Uh, that, that that bit of the film has the most direction, I think, out of all of it because, yeah, I guess it's not just the Doctor talking from a script. Yeah, it's um two other characters that we know nothing <laughs> about until now, just to color that world in a little bit. Both voiced by Bella Lugosi. <laughs> <laughs> if a god wanted us to fly, <laughs> he'd have given us wings like these. Ah ah ah. God, Bella Lugosi, um. <laughs> Oh, who incidentally was high off his ass all the way through the production of this film. 
He was oh, really? deeply, yeah, he was deeply deep. I mean, that's how, why many say that he got in with sort of Ed Wood is because he did become quite the drug addict in his later life. And yeah, it shows in his uh, performances there. Yeah. Uh. Did he need the money? Or... Oh, yeah, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh expensive, yes. okay. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's earning it. Oh, God, yeah. I'd have paid you, can't, you, can't, you can't deny that. He's, he's really <laughs> earning it. Snips and snails. And puppy dog's tails. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's talk about Bella Lugosi. Because okay. the, this, the, I, I really, really enjoyed the one part of the absurdist interpretive dance section of the movie that mm. I really enjoyed. was how it would occasionally cut back to Bella Lugosi reacting yeah. to them. And, and his reactions were not, for the most part, were not, <laughs> it was very, he'd, he'd, he'd start the scene with his eyebrows Fur- his forehead furrowed <laughs> yes. and then over the course of the scene for the next five seconds they would unfurrow by a millimeter <laughs> and you, you couldn't strictly see it but you knew it was happening and that happened about 10 times it's just yeah mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. i didn't actually i didn't notice it but according to one critic i was reading i was reading a, a detailed critical analysis of um <laughs> of this okay, film someone's got to somebody's got to and um it said that apparently Bella Lugosi reacts somewhat in disgust to um, the lesbian display that we see of two women sort of tying each other up. Um, so I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that his reaction was <laughs> negative to that because, well, I was, you know, I had me mind on other things. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I'd be curious. Thinking, but thinking yeah. of lesbians. Yeah, yeah, thinking about the lovely lesbians. I'll have that as my next thing. Some of those sexy ladies were pretty sexy. There's some pretty sexy ladies in there, Paul. I know it's there for and, titillation, uh, but it was, um, once again, it surpassed what I expected of the 1950s, largely because George Weiss didn't really pay much attention to the Hayes Code, which, you know, saw things like <laughs> no kissing for more than a few minutes. So, minutes. Yeah. Well, we've done that joke before. <laughs> Look, that the Hayes Code never seems to have anything to say about Norks fly- flapping around with a bit of... Um, it's flapping with about. With a little bit of... A little bit of bra on them. <laughs> a little you bit have of big old bra. 1950s bras and those big old 1950s norks. And <laughs> it's, it's norks, norks are great, Paul. Yeah, they look, are. Look, I, I want to be the first to say on, on live on air, <laughs> I want to come out and say that breasts are great. I, I don't care who knows it. Any any day, any week. You see, Paul might be a crossdresser, but he's definitely not gay, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we're 93rd in film and TV in the Netherlands. <laughs> That's why they fucking love us out there. <laughs> but look, Paul, a little bit of 50s bra goes a very long way. <laughs> <laughs> they can hold bridges up with those things. Woven from the same silk that people uh, salvaged from the parachutes of the war. <laughs> I thought that was going to be taken somewhere more legendary. Woven from the same silk of Thor's beard. <laughs> <laughs> Famously Silken Thor. <laughs> Silkeny beard Thor. <laughs> um, the VPN? So the way um, there's a line that Barbara has in the movie, the next quick fire we have in this is um, she says, college is concluded. And it sounds like uh, a name. Hi, <laughs> I'm college is concluded. <laughs> Fuck. What was it? I Oh, that's it. My mother was watching snooker. And so uh, one of the narrators said, um, it's going to be a brisk business. And I just thought, hi, I'm brisk business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brisk business. And you won't even know that I've been here. <laughs> well, nice to meet you, I'll- Mr. Brit. But. Oh. <laughs> Never mind that. I'm college is concluded and this dance is over. <laughs> um. Oh, the sister saying um to her friend. Yeah, that would be hard to explain. That's the understatement of the year. Fifties. <laughs> <laughs> just a greatly, a brilliantly bad de- delivered line, and there weren't enough of those. There weren't enough lines that are just hilariously badly delivered. But that was one of them. It was mostly people just staring at Edward as they tried to act and had him <laughs> shout at them. It might have been George Weiss. Now, now I think about it. <laughs> hey, probably both. you got titties, use them. <laughs> what do you think God gave you them titties for? <laughs> <laughs> if God had meant Horrible us man. to have titties. <laughs> he wouldn't have invented bras. You're a confusing Christian man, George Weiss. <laughs> what are you? Um, oh, when, uh, when the doctor says Glenn is engaged to be married to Barbara... She does a little nose wrinkle. It's very Aww. cute. Aww. Can't be having that. Oh, what? It's two fifties. Too cute. Get out of the fifties. What are you doing in this? In this horror film? Oh, I like Glenda reacting to her a supposed seducer. Uh, the gay guy who tries mm. to come on to... On to um... Oh, I don't know what pronoun he'd prefer when he's in his... Um... When he's in his dress. But, well, uh... is cross-dressing a... No. I mean, I, I don't know. Is cross-dressing a gender... I don't know. ...thing... Um, but yeah, so anyway, Glen, uh, Glenda reacts to the uh, person who's trying to come on to him. And, um, and, um, <laughs> onto him. Get all over him. And, um, 
yeah, she just blows out like the um the uh, the the match that's being held out to her, and it's just uh, yeah. it has a really cool attitude, and that was yeah, that was funny. Very fifties. It was subdued. I liked it. Get out of it. Get out of there. Or the American equivalent of get out of it. <laughs> get out of there, sweetheart. Get out of that dress, Jim West. <laughs> George Vice, get off a set. <laughs> he's a rough rider. <laughs> no, you don't want. No, no, no. It just gets quieter as he's wheeled out. <laughs> um, I want to see what I had with my hip yet. <laughs> I really enjoyed when <laughs> there's that the scene where Glenn is saying, oh, "I've got something to tell you, but you might not like it." Um, I don't think you like it at all. She. <laughs> And he says, oh, I'm afraid you'll leave me or stop loving me or whatever. And she says, crucially, she says, oh, nothing could be as bad as all that. And not, nothing you could say would make me leave you. <laughs> I really appreciated the difference. The fact that she didn't <laughs> say that second one. She didn't set herself up to fail with that. Not a, come on, Glenn, I love you. Nothing you could do would make me leave you. It's like, no, I would absolutely leave you if you fucked up. Just, <laughs> just sure so you know. I'm sure you're not going to say something that would make me do that, are you? Uh, every so often, just I think the rest of mine are just sentiments that get said, and one of them okay. is um, not half a man or half a woman, but both. Yeah, mm. I like that. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good. One. I enjoy the fact that Edward just has a fag on the go for seventy minutes straight. It feels like it was part <laughs> of a discussion with George Vice. Well, I get to make an exploit exploitation piece. See, well, can I smoke throughout at least so I feel something? <laughs> sure, kiddo. <laughs> Perfect. I like the fact that Glenn just had this other guy who already knew, and this other guy was a crossdresser. But oh yeah, they they imply that he had this this other guy in his life who they talked that he talks about this with. Yeah, and just met up with occasionally, and just went, "It's hard, isn't it?" Yep. <laughs> For some reason, just... it really reminded me of the bit in the gra- in the Watchmen graphic novel where Dan Dryberg uh, goes to visit mm. the old night owl. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh yeah. <laughs> it's that it's that nice and touching. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, when she says, I have a right to know, don't I? And Edward replies, you have a right to know. I like that. Again, it's yeah, it's just surprising. It's like, yeah, you're my wife. You know, it's not like a typical gender role thing. You have a right to make an informed decision about this, and I, you absolutely should know. And I'm just too scared to tell you. So I'm at fault. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of very progressive, forward-thinking stuff in here. And yeah. Even, yeah. Look out for I, those gays, though. Yeah. Watch I out. mean, yeah. Some. Yeah. Some, crucially. Yeah. When when he's having his nightmare, his paranoia about, you know, what would happen if he told Barbara Barbara mm. of um the no, of his cross dressing. Uh. She start in, in this nightmare she starts laughing at him and he gets really angry and he sort of rips her blouse off in aggression and she just keeps laughing. And it and it oh, yeah. it really embodies how paranoia works very mm. well, I think. Just that, yeah. that, that thought process of um well, like you're trying to like reason with it and trying to react to your own paranoia and it just doubling down and and seeming even worse just indescribably yeah. so it was yeah, really had... actually the like the like, very haunting moment of the movie for me there was a, the shot of stock for the use of stock footage of the cars driving at night um with the another day done jack or whatever it was yeah, no, yeah. An- another day done and then see you tomorrow jack as if he couldn't remember his name yeah um it was actually <laughs> quite a nice shot a sort of end of day the yeah. end of an act End of act. Footage. Yeah. I wonder who shot End it. of act eight? <laughs> well, my final thing is um, at the very end of the movie, just before it announces that Glenn's due to be cured, when it's been a little while, there's been a bit Phew. of a buffer zone between the progressive stuff and all the other stuff. Yeah. So, and, and we get to hear... Supposing Glenn never gets over wearing girls' clothing. Would it matter to you very much? I love Glenn. I'll do everything I can to make him happy. And she replies mm. something like, "No, nothing could make me stop loving um, Glenn. That's it. That's his name, Glenn. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> whoever you are. <laughs> My name's Glenn. Nothing could make me stop loving what's his face. <laughs> yeah, and that it's just it brought it back to that message that love is the answer and the cure. But we'll ignore yeah. that bit for now." Love is the answer. And that ultimately, no, it wouldn't bother her very much. You know, he says it like it's such a trivial thing, which ultimately it should be of just, well, would it, you know, would it be any skin off your nose? No. Fucking well. Yeah, exactly. He was terrible. He was a terrible man. Doesn't go get, get into in the film, but. Great message, <laughs> terrible man. And, and then as the credits roll, the, the, the facade comes down and it was about Martin Luther King, terrible man. Oh, bringing them down one by one. 
one by one, you'll find out who's next. So <laughs> that ultimately... I hope it's Gandhi. <laughs> so ultimately, <laughs> that was Glenn or Glenda. Yeah. Ultimate, in the end, I'd recommend watching it just because it is interesting, but uh, it's not going to be one of your laugh a minute, can't wait to watch that again style no. experiences. But if you are really interested, do watch the trailer because it's... um. It's it's like unearthing the tomb of an ancient dictator pharaoh, <laughs> and, and and just wondering what what traps and and ghouls are going to be coming after you next. <laughs> it's exactly that, and they're all Bella Lugos. Ah, <laughs> uh, did we get anything from the OG T? Well, you, you just give me your best OG T. Team to team to teams. And I'll uh, check my phone. Cool. I was trying to do the wind noise from Eraser. No, we got nothing from the OG team. Sorry for... No. <laughs> it's a minute of pure racism. No, nothing. We'll nothing. add one per episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one each or... Gotta have one each. One, one accumulated minute. Two discrete. Oh, okay. Minute. That's great. You can fit so much racism into that. Oh, God. Intentional as well. <laughs> like, unintentional. It's That happens. Intentional is where it's at. <laughs> yeah. That's where all the big bucks are. <laughs> Just ask Jeremy Clarkson. Do you think you're going to say Corbin? <laughs> Him too. All the Jeremys. Yeah. Fuck him. All right, Paul. What's the one better thing? The one better thing. My one better thing comes from the think mouth of Tom Hooper of the King's Speech. Ah. It's it's the Danish girl feature, uh, featuring <laughs> featuring Eddie Redmayne and the stunning Alicia Vikander. <laughs> a, a terrible fictio- fictitious story of a man who wants to dress up as a woman. <laughs> It's a fictitious love story loosely inspired by the lives of Danish artists Lily Elber and Gerda uh, Wegener. Wegener. Danish is crazy. <laughs> and uh, Lily and Gerda's marriage and work evolve as they navigate Lily's groundbreaking journey as a transgender pioneer. Mm. A lot of adjectives in that sentence. Uh, I've got to stop lifting my things from IMDb. <laughs> it is a very touching, gorgeously shot and tender realisation, I think, of a marriage enduring and um, ab- above all else. But... <clears throat> Crucially, it is tender and well observed, and I think it's 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 um, the the struggles faced inwardly and outwardly um, that that hasn't really changed in in the last couple couple of centuries. Mm. Um, even if the the paradigm has shifted, that makes a story like that resonate. On top of mm. that, it's very well directed. It's Tom Hooper. Yeah. He's got a natural eye for directing classically and beautifully. And uh, Eddie Redmayne and Alicia Vikander are just very very good together as husband and wife. Um, Eddie Redmayne, probably my favourite role of his, actually. Just he's he's the perfect performer for the the vulnerability, and the, yeah, and there's just something about the way Alicia Vikander holds herself as they as they go through the film and the strength that that character shows and what she's able to bring to that. It's one one of those films that I remember having a huge effect on me, mm. but slipping through the cracks. I think at that that year when it came to the Oscars was that when Leo won and I thought that Eddie Redmayne should have won it but he won it the year before for the theory of everything yeah. when Leo should have won it for Wolf of Wall Street oh yeah and um uh yeah, it, was a, it was a whole mix up there but I, I mean for me Eddie Redmayne's career best yeah good stuff yeah yeah and Tom Hooper does have that very natural touch when it comes to uh visual uh visuals in particular yeah. and that's what he brought to Cats <laughs> yeah that one didn't um, show up on the imdb also directed uh montage <laughs> it's weird it's deeply buried deep in the files <laughs> so for my one better thing i wanted to find a film that was about trans transgender people actually starring transgender people um that really has a sort of eye on that real experience and the difficulties faced mm. uh preferably made recently and of those three i chose a fantastic woman cool uh, Sebastian Lelio's um, 2017 film. It's about um, a transgender woman, uh, Marina, whose lover dies suddenly. And her lover was... Um, they had a somewhat quiet relationship and um, she didn't get to know the family very well. And um, once, you know, she tries to get involved in the um, kind of funeral arrangements, she mm. finds that the family are less than accepting. It's um, a really gorgeous film with these wonderful little fantastical moments. Yeah, just really bring it to life. It's um, beautiful. Um, Daniela, Daniela Vega's performance as Marino is really fantastic, but it's a pretty strong cast throughout. And yeah, it's Lelio, who's really just uh, quite someone to watch. You may have seen... Well, you may have seen recently his um, excellent film Disobedience, which is about a lesbian relationship in uh, the Jewish faith. The higher-ups, if I remember correctly, because it's the mm-hmm. wife of a um, rabbi. Uh, okay. I might be remembering. Starring... Um, cast a fucking Troy. Oh, cool. As said, Reb said rabbi. So, um, um Alessandro Nivola. 
Pollock's Troy, that's the one. Starring Nicolas Cage himself, everybody. <laughs> Starring as... Nicolas Cage as the lesbian number one. Starring Nicolas Cage, his brother, <laughs> Alessandro <laughs> Nivola. That, <laughs> that one had Rachel Weiss and Rachel McAdams and was very good. This oh, one cool. doesn't have Rachel, Mc... Rachel McVeiss, but <laughs> nevertheless, it's still a really excellent film. And Lelio is a, f- is a filmmaker to watch. So, Great. A fantastic woman and a fantastic one better thing. The one better thing. Paul, how can people find out about the fantastic one good thing? Well, first they have to trawl through the shit one good thing, which is a completely <laughs> different thing. It's whoever comes up first when you Google it instead of us. Um, oh, is it that bitch with her gardening podcast? God, I hate <laughs> that her. bitch. <laughs> let's let's We're gonna fuck Morgan up her geraniums. It. Yeah, <laughs> come on, everyone. If we all get together and bring her down, <laughs> let's let's tell Piers Morgan that she's bringing back feminist horticulture or something, and. He will, like a dog with a bone, he will not stop until it's exploded into a fine powder. And um, <laughs> just like a dog. And and just like a dog, we're releasing weekly episodes of One Good Thing on all your favourite podcast apps, even Spotify, the shittest one. We also have a Patreon. Um, yeah, my brain blanked after that. Just information, <laughs> information delivered. I just got delivered. so excited about it. Christ, I'm still thinking about Piers Morgan. Um, <laughs> Piers Morgan hasn't signed up to our Patreon, so why don't you? Um, get where the getting's good. It's a safe space purely in the fact that Piers Morgan isn't there. <laughs> we are, yeah, we're releasing anti-Piers Morgan content quite <laughs> at least a couple of times a month. So um, if none of that tickles your fancy, then uh, just knowing that you're supporting us, doing the things we love to do, podcasting while Britain um, regains its sovereignty from the, the <laughs> shackles of the European Union, everybody. Hashtag Piers Morgan for life. And um, while Australia somehow tips on its axis independently of the planet and shifts into the sun. <laughs> we'll, we'll be here do it, talking about films that we like, films that made us cry, and new films that are or aren't similar to Dunkirk in any way. <laughs> Probably are, if you ask me. Probably yeah. are, dicks. Oscar bait. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about Glenn or Glenda is that it's not quite as offensive as you might think. And also Bella Lugosi's there which are two mutually exclusive things. (laughs) 